Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? We're sending a squad up. Uh, uh, negative, negative. We have a, a reactor leak here uh, now. Give us a few minutes to lock it down. Uh, large leak, very dangerous. Who is this? What's your operating number? Boring uh, conversation anyway. Luke, we're gonna have company! Popheads, welcome to issue 91 of the TomCast Podcast, coming to you from our secret Tom Cave, hidden below the deck plates of the Millennium Falcon. My name is Tom. Thank you for listening to this quality independent podcast. Please follow the show on social media, at TomCast Popcast on Twitter, at TomCast Popcast on Instagram. You can email this show, TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. And finally, you can become an official member of Pophead Nation at patreon.com forward slash TomCast Popcast. Now don't worry, this show is always going to be free, uh, especially in these these trying times of the COVID-19, you know, money's probably tight, so don't worry about that. But if you happen to be inclined or you want to tuck this information away for later, become a Patreon and you're going to get access to exclusive bonus content, such as uh, movie commentary tracks and a new feature we've been working on over there on the on the Patreon where it's uh, Popcast Reads where I give uh, book recommendations, books, graphic novels, uh, anything I'm enjoying basically is is, uh, is up for grabs, though we are calling it Popcast Reads for the moment. So head on over there and then you get to hang out with cool, super cool people like the Aspen Hill Chody and the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Neal. Uh, Jeff is also the co-host on The Ringing Ear, which is a fantastic music podcast that I just got to do an episode with, and where we talked about hair metal, and it was excellent. I had so much fun talking with Jeff about uh, a, a uh, genre of music, I suppose we could call it, that is uh, much maligned by by the general populace, but uh, maybe maybe rightly so, maybe wrongly so. I'm on the side of wrongly so, uh, but we had a good time talking about that, so I hope you guys will head over to The Ringing Ear and check out that episode. It was a hoot. But we are here because it is May the 4th, which is, a.k.a. May the 4th be with you, a special international day of Star Wars celebrating. And and that's what we've been doing on this podcast for the last three weeks. We, we've been uh, kneeling at the altar of Star Wars, at the altar of Darth Vader himself. Uh, you know, Roger and I have been going back through the original trilogy, Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, which is having its 40th anniversary this year. And last week, we, we concluded the original trilogy by, uh, by having a, a, a super fun discussion about Return of the Jedi. And uh, what better way to cap it off uh, than to have uh, the, 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 the man that I grew up with watching these movies uh, endlessly on repeat for a million trillion years and times, wearing at VHS tapes, and then uh, rushing to Best Buy to get DVDs when, they, when those finally became available, too. So, uh, yes, I am joined by my brother, uh, my, my brother Mark, who's been on this podcast a couple times, uh, most notably on the very first episode of the TomCast podcast, where he and I reviewed Avengers Infinity War right after it came out in theaters. And then uh, most recently, we did the Evil Dead episode. I think that was right around Halloween. So he and I are going to do a 
Uh, Star Wars movie rankings. So this is going to get a little crazy. Uh, these these rankings, are, they're, you know, everyone has an opinion about, about the Star Wars films. We're no different. We thought we'd share ours. Uh, we are sure this will open us up for massive controversy and attacks from friends and family who will uh, vehemently disagree with us on, on many of these rankings, I, I, I would I would believe. So so sit tight, buckle, buckle in. This is going to be a bumpy ride, I bet, because uh, Mark and I are known to kind of throw the fisticuffs around at each other sometimes on, on these kind of shows. So uh, enjoy, and then go on the social media and tell us how wrong we are and why our rankings are the absolute worst you've ever seen for Star Wars rankings in the history of the universe. Or, or, or... Maybe there's there's maybe there's one of you who agrees and thinks it's the best. Yeah, probably not. All right, here we go. Enjoy the conversation as we, Mark and I, rank Star Wars movies. We would be honored if you would join us. All right, we are joined by my brother Mark via the Skypes uh, up in the Los Angeleses. Mark, how are you? I'm good. Welcome back to the Tom Cave. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> Hopefully it smells better than the last time you were here. Um, that wouldn't be hard. Oh, sick burn. Yep. All right, so just a little background. I mean, you probably have heard on the, on the previous uh, uh, episodes where we've been talking about Star Wars. You know, I, I have, I have uh, mentioned uh, in, in, I feel like, fairly significant detail how uh, you and I grew up on these movies together. We would have our Star Wars marathons all the time. We would go uh, fight in the snow with our lightsabers, and, yep. and and all that good stuff. So, I feel like if we're, if anyone is gonna rank Star Wars movies with me, uh, it should be you. Okay. <laughs> but that's being said, anyone who knows us or who's listened to other shows that that we're on, uh, we are two people of, of very different different opinions of, on things. Yeah. So this list could get a little dicey. It might be. I'll be surprised. I or I'm curious to see. I I feel like there will be a lot of similarities, but maybe not. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely curious. Um, I I I kind of have gone back and forth on my rankings a couple of times, especially with the, I feel like the ranking the bottom ones were a little bit harder than the ones at the top. The top I thought was a little bit easier. Uh, the top one, the ones towards the top, I feel a lot stronger about than uh, than the ones towards the bottom of the list. Mm. I feel very strongly about my bottom two, and I feel very strongly about my top three. All right. So uh, for, 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 rec- for the record, for clarification's sake, we should let everyone know that we are including uh, the, the nine films that consist of what is known as the Skywalker saga. Uh, we are also including Rogue One and Solo. Uh, and we are including the animated Clone Wars because that was in theaters, so that counts in our opinion. Yes. Plus, we saw it together too, so we might as well include it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not including the Ewok Adventure or the Ewoks Battle for Endor. It's probably a good thing. Probably a good thing. I think it's safe to say that if we did include them, they would be the bottom two. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> you love some Wilford Brimley, don't you? I love Wilfred Brimley. I I do love Ewoks, and um, you know, the last time I saw them, I was probably like six years old, so I probably have pretty fond memories of them. Wait a, oh, those movies you mean? 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for a second, I thought you were saying you haven't seen Return of the Jedi since you were six. I was like, I know that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Mark, why don't you why don't you open it up? What is your number twelve? Rise of Skywalker. Boom! Shit! Shots fired. <laughs> you were so right. I love it. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I love that. I love that pick. Anything you want to say about it, commentary wise? Um. Gosh. Uh. Let's see. I think ultimately what it comes down to, the, the biggest thing is I just don't care about any of those characters. I think by the time we got to the third movie, it was so apparent that they never had any plan for anyone. And I didn't have a good sense of who these characters were. I, I just did not give a fuck about, sorry for swearing, I just didn't care about any of them, and so ev everything just falls flat. Um, I think bringing Emperor, the Emperor back really devalues what Luke and the Rebels accomplished in the original trilogy. Nope. I, listen, I, I agree with you 100%. Uh, Rise of Skywalker is my number 12 as well. All right. <laughs> my, you know, my, 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 my problems with the film are well chronicled. Uh, I am, I, I am curious to watch the movie a few more times now that it's readily available to stream and everything, and and maybe I'll be persuaded to change my mind. But uh, for the time being, it is my least favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, a lot of the shortcomings are are again, like I said, well chronicled. Yeah. So. I think the the other thing I, I wanted to say about the Emperor being back is that it doesn't have any impact anymore. It's kind of like when you're watching Jason Voorhees crush a man's head with his bare hands for the 50th time. It just doesn't resonate anymore. You know, like, it just feels like we've seen it before. And as... Well, I won't give away what my number eleven is, but I would, I would have <laughs> much, I would have much preferred to see something like, something different, like Kylo Ren being in charge of what was left of the New Order, or something along those lines. I, I think they should have, I think they should have continued with with what they had established in the Last Jedi. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with anything you're saying there. So, so let's get, let's get into your number eleven. What do you got? The Last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Boom, there it is. <laughs> All right, it, it, keep it short, but like, what do you got about that one? <laughs> okay. All right, first, like, I just want to say, like, Luke being a recluse, kind of abandoning the Jedi, I was okay with that. Sure. Um, you know me, Luke was always my favorite character of the series. And so, yes, I kind of disagree with that direction for the character. That doesn't seem like Luke Skywalker to me, but I was more than willing to go with it. Like, okay, let's, let's see how this happens. And it just didn't, they didn't really sell it to me that he would abandon kind of the Jedi because he had this force vision and, there was this confusion between him and Kylo, Kylo thinking he was going to murder him, and 
Luke almost murdering him. Like, I don't think Luke Skywalker would ever, like, a Force vision would ever compel him to murder a seemingly innocent person, no matter, you know, like, he learned from Yoda in Empire Strikes Back that the future is always in motion. It's difficult to see. It just didn't strike me. They, they didn't sell that point to me. Um, the other thing about the movie is I just thought it was loaded with stupid humor, like 2017 Earth humor with, like, your mama jokes and prank phone calls and and, <laughs> and Luke's the sarcastic Jedi. I'm just, I don't really know. I, I, think, I think I tuned out of this movie about five minutes in. Dang, I well everyone knows I enjoyed the I enjoyed the Last Jedi uh, more yeah. than more than many. Um, but I, I again anyone who didn't like it I I, under, I understand your faults with it. I, I totally know where you're coming from and I get it. Uh, uh, the entire it, it's it's difficult to say because I do still like J.J. Abrams quite a bit, but the entire problem with with doing these the sequel trilogy uh, was the inherent nature of them was going to be that our heroes failed right and that that yeah. that whole premise just bums me out to begin with and yeah. i i think that was the the hardest thing that we had to all process you know from the force awakens to the last Jedi to the rise of skywalker was it's like wait a second we just watched these guys do all this cool stuff in episodes four five and six and you're saying none of it mattered and it's just a bummer yeah, just about, you know, I think it, it, one of the reasons why it's a real bummer to me is I was a fan of the expanded universe of novels and, and comic books that, that you know, that's all we had after Return of the Jedi. Sure. Um, like, I was a fan of that stuff, so I, I just thought to myself, why not, why not go with that? Why just, why throw all of that out? Because... Because all of these Disney movies, to me, just feel like fan fiction. Like, it, it doesn't have a real sort of credibility in no. my book. Like, it, like, if it's good, it's good, and that's fine. But but to me, it just kind of feels like fan fiction. So sure. why, why not go with that that expanded, that original expanded universe and kind of build off that? Sure. You know? All right, my number 11, uh, I'm curious what you'll think of this. My number 11 is Attack of the Clones. Okay, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there there are it's elements to Attack of the Clones that I do enjoy, but uh, I I ding this movie heavily for the terrible love story, the lack of chemistry between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen, uh, the lack of of nuance in his performance, where we're supposed to see this love story, but also like the shades of Vader to come, and it never really gels and to me and uh, the dialogue is legitimately atrocious it's pretty bad yeah so i i go with attack of the clones as and that's saying something that that's the worst of the prequels <laughs> so there you go that is yeah uh what do you have for where are we number 10 what do you got number 10 force awakens force awakens there it is keeping jj right in the dick yeah. <laughs> okay, so for Force Awakens, I think is a fine movie. I enjoyed it in theaters when I saw it. I watched it one time afterwards, and I still enjoyed it. I think it it has a good tone to it. It has a good energy. Maybe it's a little too nonstop at times, but for the most part, 
I find it to be a very entertaining movie. I, I think the new cast got off to a good start. I agree. I was interested in them and interested in them at the beginning. I just don't think they they went anywhere particularly interesting with them. Um, I I I have that movie ranked higher, but I, I I can I pin I can pinpoint the exact moment when I was kind of let down by the Force Awakens, and it is when the, it's the first time we see Starkiller Base. <laughs> where I'm just like, oh, one of these again? We're doing super weapons. Cool. Yeah, you know, I maybe it was the fact that I wasn't particularly excited about. Force Awakens, so I didn't mind reading things about it before the movie was released. So, you know, I read a lot of the rumors, and I was like, okay, they're doing another Death Star. They're kind of they're kind of doing a rehash of of New Hope. I went into it prepared for that, and just said, like, look, just kind of like establish that sort of Star Wars tone, bring it back to a place of of, of fun, and and then build off of that. So, so I, 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 I gave it a pass for that. Sure. Um, my, my, my gripe with, with Force Awakens, the reason why it's in number 10 for me is that it's more of in light of what happened with Last Jedi for, or Rise of Skywalker. It's like, oh, you guys didn't have a plan. Right. You right. kind of, you put a recipe together, like you baked a cake and you sold it to us with the hope of, of something more, something different. And they just, they just didn't deliver. So. All right. I get you. My number 10, um, it's the Phantom Menace. All right. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kick the prequels in the dick a little bit. Like you're kicking JJ. All right. Uh, I, to be to be fair to the Phantom Menace, I I actually end up rewatching this quite a bit when I see it on TV or whatever. There 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 are, are swaths of this movie that I enjoy, um, and I don't I don't want to go on divergent paths where I'm like, well, if it was my Star Wars prequel, I would have done this because that that's not the point. Right. But uh, it's it it was weird to make the the characters that we know are going to be Luke and Leia's parents. Uh, have such a wide age range, and to basically see them as children was kind of weird. A little strange. Yeah, and uh, obviously, you know, I know a lot of people like don't care for the the the, the politics that are were in it. Like the the taxation of trade routes is often cited as you know something that no one gives a shit about. Um, I, I I'm okay with you know the the whatever the impetus for the story. It's fine. Uh, Honestly, though, I I love the I love the the lightsabers, the Jedi stuff in the third act with Darth Maul. I think is totally worth it, and and I'm I'm there for that. I I agree with that about about that end lightsaber duel. I I enjoy the lightsaber duel in the desert as well. I like the fact that it was very understated. You it just is kind of get yeah. glimpses of it. Well, and you I, haven't I, you haven't named this movie on your list yet, so you obviously have higher regard for it than I do. So there you go. I do, and I'll, I'll just say about the um, about the the taxation of trade routes and stuff like that. Like, yes, the the movie's a little boring, but I kind of like the fact that the grand Star Wars saga gets off to this very slow, seemingly insignificant start. I kind of enjoyed that. No, no, I I agree with you, and and look, like just because I have it at number ten, it doesn't mean that I hate it by any stretch. Sure. Like I said, I I end up rewatching this movie quite a bit. 
the to me the prequels are uh, insanely misunderstood and 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 hampered by not great scripts and not great dialogue and some occasional not great acting but there are things in on all the prequels that are really really enjoyable um but one of the things that I think I became a, a, an apologist for these movies for was because the novelizations ended up being better than the films <laughs> which that's not great. <laughs> That's not a great thing. Yeah, you always told me that, and I read like the last, I think, five chapters of Revenge of the Sith, and it, like, it was it was a a well written novel. Yeah, it, 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 a lot of the writers, I think, took the chance to take the dialogue that was scripted for the for the actors and, and kind of enhance it and stuff like that, and then obviously. You know these the the prequels were 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 densely packed. There's a lot going on there, uh, and and the novelizations were able to unpack them in a way that they couldn't in 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 the in the films. Um, and would a better filmmaker been able to get all that information out? I don't know. I possibly, uh, but the, the the from from Attack of the Clones into Revenge of the Sith, like there's a lot that you could you could start peeling back on the story. You know that that they never really address. You know they don't talk much about the Republic using a slave army, which are the clones, and they don't talk right. about how the peacekeepers have become warrior soldiers, and, and and they don't really get into that as much as they should. Which is, again, I, I'm I'm going to take a minute to plug the hell out of the Clone Wars animated series because these are things they talk about in that, and right. it just it just would have been nice if they kind of at least alluded to it in Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace, and then eventually Re- Revenge of the Sith. But we'll get yeah. there. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll go with my number nine because I was just talking about it. It's, it's Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Uh, again, it's number nine on my list, but I, I watch this movie quite a bit. Uh, I think the third act is, is very, very strong. Um, again, you, ha- you, you, go, you kind of butt up against Hayden Christensen's performance. And, you know, I don't know, I blame him, but I don't know if I should blame Lucas for the directing. I, just, I don't know where to go with that. Um, but Revenge of the Sith has a lot of stuff I really like watching, too. It's just yeah, um, it's just not as good as it should be. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't see I'm actually not particularly hard on hating Christensen. Um, I think Lucas is notorious for not being an actor's director. Um, I think everyone in these movies is pretty bad. Um, How dare you, sir? You McGregor is a fucking national treasure. Even though he's not from I, this nation. <laughs> I like Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan, but there are times where I think even he just falls into just kind of it's not not being very good. I don't know. I, I disagree. I, I would maybe say that's true in, in Phantom Menace because he, he's kind of sidelined for the first two-thirds of that flick. Right. Um, but he, I think he has the more interesting storyline in Attack of the Clones – it just would have been nice if he's a little bit more uh, perceptive of what his his uh, former Padawan was up to in, in Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean... But, again, in the novelization, it's explained that part of the Emperor's plan is to keep Obi-Wan and Anakin apart from each other. So, they don't... Again, they don't like talk about that in the films. Ah. Okay. Yeah, so, what do you got for nine, Mark? I have Rogue One. Oh, I knew you were going to do that to me. I knew you were going to kick me right in my balls on that on that one. Okay. We stand here amidst my achievement, not yours. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
again, you don't have to go into great detail, but uh, why why is Rogue One down for you? Um. Okay. First off, I'll just say that I like the dreary tone of the first hour. Sure. Um, sure. Sure. I liked seeing the ground level stuff, like kind of like what the Empire looks like on these different worlds and what happens when they occupy them. That stuff I all really liked. Um, but then at about the one hour mark, you have Jin Urso. Is that her name? Yes, Jin Urso. Jin Urso. You have her suddenly flipping from this downtrodden cynic to this hopeful, hopeful patriot. And I was just like, what is she talking about hope and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what, what is it? it I mean, I, I, I know Gareth Edwards got kicked off the movie or they did massive reshoots after he left, but it's just, it's just all of a sudden the movie just, it, it felt like it turned into a different movie. Um, so there's that. Uh, the Vader sequence I thought was 10 years too late. Oh. <laughs> it felt tacked on to me. Um, and you know me, I, I think I've told you this before. I, look, I haven't watched it in, in a while, but it seemed like he could have just like force grabbed the plans out of that guy's hand, but whatever. Um, <laughs> also, like, like I just I, I wanted to see a movie with more um, spycraft and subterfuge instead of like this smash and grab version of, of Get the Plans, you know? Um, and Moff Tarkin and Princess Leia were really creepy. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I I've got more, but I I won't. I'll I'll leave it. <laughs> um. All right. I'll tell you what. I'll say. I'll say going first on the, for this next one. Uh, my number eight is is uh, Solo. Okay. Uh, Solo is a movie that has, has actually been growing on me over like the last year, year, year and a half or so. Um, it yes, it has its problems. It's it's got some some wonky plot points. The third act is a little all over the place. Um, but for some reason, I, I I've kind of grown to find it slightly charming in in a way. I uh, Alden Ehrenreich's performance I enjoy a little more every time I get a little bit more used to it. Uh, obviously, the the, the 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 highlight is um, uh, Childish Gambino as Lando Calrissian. Yeah, Donald Gl- Donald Glover, his real name. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's the he's the highlight as as Lando. Uh, but I, I I really enjoy this flick, and and you know, obviously, you mentioned the highest aspect of Rogue One. You got some heist aspects going on with Solo. Uh, the question is, do you like him or not? But I I did, and again, this is a movie that uh, once it hit Netflix. I watched. I would just put it on while I was doing things around the house or whatever, and I would catch myself just you know watching 10, 20 minutes of it, and and being like, this is better than I thought it was the first time. I think the first time was just jarring, because it wasn't was what I expected it to be or wanted it to be necessarily. Uh, but it's it's grown on me as 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 I've seen it more and more. Okay. What do you got so for that, eight? That was your number eight. Yes, sir. My number eight is solo. Hey, all right, we're hey. synced up on one. <laughs> yeah um you know i i liked alden ehrenreich i i was surprised with his performance i thought um i thought he had the right amount of charm for it i thought i thought he was i thought he was quite good i thought he really carried the movie actually um 
I enjoyed seeing like a heist type movie um, set in in the Star Wars universe. Um, kind of, but similar to Rogue One, it did turn into just another kind of smash and grab, where just they end up shooting the place up and grabbing what they need and hightailing it out of there. I just thought it was a little more enjoyable and solo, I guess, because you like the characters a little bit more. Sure. Um, unlike you, though, my uh, probably one of my biggest problems with the movie is Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. Oh, boo. He, uh, he kind of seemed like he was playing the, uh, the caricature of Lando that everyone created in their heads. <laughs> After he started doing like after Billy D. Williams started doing like Colt forty five commercials, I don't know. It just it didn't feel real to me. Um, I th- I think again another criticism I have of the film that that does kind of hold it down for me. Like I said, that third act's a little wonky. I I do think Han becomes noble a little too quickly by the end. I would have liked it if he was if he stayed more roguish. And I I didn't care for the fact that. In all of these movies, they all seem to have to connect back to the rebellion and the, and the fight against the Empire. So I was a little yeah. perturbed that Infant's Nest turned out to be a, like a pre-rebellion sort of situation. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, again, a, a, a film that I, I have I have kind of grown to appreciate more as as the last in the last year or two. Um, so that, yeah, that's my eight. Mark, why don't you me, want? Oh, go ahead. I just want to say one one other thing. I was I was so excited like when we got to near the climax of Solo and we still hadn't seen a lightsaber. Oh and yeah, then, yeah. And then Darth Maul showed up <laughs> and for no reason ignited his lightsaber. It, yeah, a hologram lightsaber is very threatening. That that pissed me off to no end just because I was sitting there thinking, oh my god, we're gonna have a Star Wars movie without a lightsaber, hallelujah. <laughs> but but no. Well, it. Uh, you, I think I, I think I've talked about it on the, on the on the podcast before. It was funny watching Solo in the theaters with a with a fairly full house, and and, and people sort of gasping when they saw Darth Maul and everyone be like, "Isn't he dead?" And I'm like, "That fucker's been alive for five years. Watch something else. It's not a movie." <laughs> like I was so unsurprised that it was Darth Maul pulling the strings of this criminal empire. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I've been watching the Clone Wars. I've been paying attention. All yeah, the comic I, books, all the all the all the graphic novels. Are, you know, I, I you know me. I'm that super nerd. I'm still reading that shit. Yeah, I like. I, I don't. I haven't been reading that. I've seen a little bit of the Clone Wars. I mean, I knew Darth Maul was still alive and like in in sort of involved in like criminal organizations. I, I absolutely just was not thinking of it. So so it did take me by surprise. I was like, oh cool, Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't need to ignite your lightsaber. Oh well. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. Uh, for my number seven, I went with The Clone Wars, the animated film. Okay. Uh, I This is a film I, I... Again, I think when I first saw it, uh, I think you and I saw it way back when, at like a Regal Cinemas in Simi Valley or something. Um, yes. And, and uh, the animation was a little jarring. I wasn't quite ready for it. Uh, but as as I became a, a fan of that cartoon and I would go back and watch the Clone Wars movie, uh, it, it again another film that really grew on me over time. And uh, before we were we, we started recording this podcast, I started watching it again, just to kind of you okay. know get get all I you know I 
for a little peek behind the curtain for anyone listening, uh, we had to delay the start of the show because the upstairs neighbors are getting uh, their their like hardwood floors put in, so they're making a lot of racket. So we had to start late. So to kill some time, I was like, "Fuck it, I'll watch the Clone Wars movie again because it's rad." So I watched like the first act of that, and you know there there's you know there's some little quibbles I have with with certain things in there. Uh, so I'm I'm trying to keep my 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 love of the animated series away from the film, but as a film, it, it stands pretty strong in the, in the Star Wars saga, I think. Yeah. Plus, you um, get you get the Anakin that you've always wanted to see, the Anakin who is the awesome Jedi Knight hero character that we were always kind of led to believe he was, instead of what we saw in episodes two and three, where he's sort of like the whiny little bitch. Right. So I, I my my affinity for the Clone Wars has just just grown over the years, and and, and I think that film is pretty stellar. What do you got for seven? Uh, the Clone Wars. Hey, hey, we did it again. I think with this, it was just kind of like I was surprised. Um, I didn't really know what to expect going in. I actually liked the animation style, I, just because I thought like, oh, that you know, that's kind of different. You know, it's all right. Nice. Um, nice. I, I liked the insane action. Uh, I think kind of like what you were saying, you know, we get to see Anakin as an actual Jedi Knight and not just a, a horny brat. <laughs> um, Are you an angel? Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, my only kid, like, I remember thinking the plot with, like, the huts was a little, like, meh, who cares, but whatever. The the plot with the huts is fine. I was a little weirded out by the Zero, the Hut character. He was a little strange for me, but that's okay. I've, I've grown to accept it over the years. Yeah, I vaguely remember that, but yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. All right, we're back. We had to move the podcast recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> but we're back. So if we sound a little different, it's because the setup's a little different than it was initially. But hopefully we still sound uh, lovely and, and uh, charming, as we're hoping to. Mark, we are to number six in our Star Wars rankings. What do you got? Uh, episode one, The Friend of Menace. Hey, all right. Yep. You have it much higher than me. Yes, I do. Um, I've been on both sides of the fence uh, for the prequels, I've been an apologist, I've been a detractor, and now I'm, I'm kind of happily somewhere in the middle, where it's like, you know, there are things about these movies that, that I do enjoy. They're pretty bad, <laughs> but at the, at the end of the day, they, you know, I, I, there, there are a lot of things that I like. Um, and I think kind of about the prequels, in general, like one of the reasons I, I place them above the Disney stuff, kind of go back to what I said a little bit earlier, is they just feel a little bit more legitimate to me, I think, because Lucas wrote and directed them. Whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, I think it creates um, a, a synergy between the visual styles of the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, so it feels more like Star Wars to me. Um, okay. 
So, things about the movie that I liked. I loved Darth Maul. Um, Ewan McGregor was good. Again, when I said before that he falls into kind of the bad acting category earlier. Again, I don't blame Ewan McGregor. I, I think at times he's very good in these. And, and I do like him as Obi-Wan. So, um, yeah, he, I definitely liked him in, the, in this film. I know a lot of people find Qui-Gon boring, but... I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm a Liam Neeson fan. I liked Qui-Gon. I liked Qui-Gon too. I'm with you on that uh, 100%. I, uh, I, I liked, and I also liked that, um, what's, I, what's the best way to explain it without, without getting too super fucking nerdy? But uh, the, the Jedi are, we, we, I mean, we find pretty quickly that the Jedi are a very uh, interesting organization from what we've been led to believe from the original, original trilogy. Right, uh, and I like that uh, that that Qui Gon is this character that kind of bucks the system to a certain extent. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so that that's again, I th- I find that uh, interesting about the character. So I and and I like Liam Neeson quite a bit. So I, I was okay with his, uh, you know, portrayal of Qui Gon. Yeah. Um. Let me see. So I. Obviously, we we talked about the the lightsaber duels, so those are I think both really good. I I quite enjoy the pod race, um, and that's I think the kinda, pod race is fun too. I'm with you. Yeah, th- that's kind of where the good stuff stops. Um, you know, acting pretty bad, dialogue pretty terrible, Yoda puppet very bad. Didn't they replace it? I don't think I've seen it since they replaced it with the CGI Yoda. Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen it since then. Uh, so I still only know that weird googly-eyed puppet that they used that looked a little bit like a gremlin. Yeah, it did not. For, for whatever reasons, that, that thing did not work well. Yeah. Um, and obviously the worst thing about it is the introduction of midichlorians, which I always thought was just a stupid plot device to show that Anakin was more powerful than any of the other Jedi and it not only is it a dumb plot device but it's also lazy because if you want him to be the most powerful of the Jedi just show that through his deeds yeah I, I never cared for uh, midi-chlorians I never cared for the the idea that uh, like Jedis are like on some kind of power scale that was that was never something I really liked very much yeah and, and it takes the spirituality of Star Wars oh well, yeah and I was gonna say I mean like the uh, one of the biggest mistakes you can you can make in any any story in in any storytelling in, in I'm sorry in any storytelling context is to try and explain <laughs> something that needs no explanation. Like Absolutely. you've created something that exists with outside the bounds of reality. Just embrace it and go with it. Don't bother trying to explain it and, and give it some kind of real world context. Yeah. So yeah, I agree with you. Um, and I got no problem with you having having that movie uh, that high on your list. All right. Uh, my number six is uh, is the Force Awakens. All right. Uh, again, like, you know, like, like we said, uh, uh, so much of the movie I find really, really fun and enjoyable. I'm, I'm very, I, I was very invested in 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 the in the ride and the journey. Um, did it ultimately go where I wanted it to? No, not so much. But. Uh, but that that first flick was a lot of fun, and yes, it's a little n- nostalgia heavy. But I, I think in that film in particular, the, there was enough restraint from the nostalgia that it it still is a fun watch. You know, yeah, I agree. And uh, 
again, like like we said about Rise of Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker is all nostalgia and fan service, so it's a little, I don't know, unimaginative in that regard, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, so what do you got for five? Attack of the Clones. Okay, okay. Um, let me see. Just trying to think of a proper segue here. Um, that it, it essentially, you know, like, look, it, as bad as the prequels are, I think they have good ideas. I think there's good elements to them. And I think at its core, there is a very compelling story about how a good man goes bad. And I think that emotional, compelling story is there. It just gets weighed down by all the other crap. And that, and the reason I put Attack of the Clones here is because that Attack of the Clones is when you really kind of start to see that episode one was almost kind of like in episode zero. Like if we could have just started the prequel trilogy out of Attack of at Attack of the Clones, I think it that would have benefited that trilogy a lot more. Uh, I agree, hundred um, percent. Yes. Yeah. Um, obviously, you brought this up earlier. The relationship with Padme just just doesn't work. They they have no chemistry together. He tells her that he murdered women and children, and a half hour later, she's like, "I love you." Yeah. It's it's what just, are you talking it's so about? contrived, so forced. Yeah. You know, it. Uh, one of the things I like saying on the show sometimes about about emotional things is it's just unearned. You know, like yeah. like. Yeah, I, I, that's, I guess that's why it surprised me that you have it so high on the list. But like you said, I mean, at its core, that story's there. I, I, I guess I just punish it or, or ding it heavily for, uh, yes, it's there, but I'm annoyed that you couldn't tell it to me better. <laughs> yeah, I, and, and, you know, yeah, I get that. That's I, Again, like I said, the fact that I found the novelization so much better than, uh, than the... Well, I guess so much better than is, is isn't the right word. But but the stories were explained or, or told in 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 such a, a more enjoyable way than the films. And it's like, gosh, why couldn't they have kind of conveyed this information within the context of the two hour film? But what are you gonna do? Yeah, I just don't. I just don't. My understanding is that the these screenplays were like first drafts. I, I don't think there was anyone there telling Lucas like, hey, you need to like really hone this and kind of. Maybe focus on this element or that element, you know, and 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 that's why that happened. Well, it, it's sort of what I what I was alluding to when uh, when I was talking with Roger last week, you know, about about Gary Kurtz and his contributions to the right. original trilogy. Is like I think he pushed Lucas to be better, and yes. uh, you know, the fact that Lucas made the decision to write and direct these films, the prequels, about you know, by himself. Uh, I, I I think a producer with a little bit more intestinal fortitude would have stepped up to the plate and be like, listen, you need someone to help you with these a little bit. Like the ideas are right, but the, the, the final product needs some polish. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think uh, Rick McCollum who produced the prequels was that man at all. No, he definitely doesn't seem that way. And it, what I find interesting is, it, you know, I don't, I don't know. Obviously I don't know George Lucas personally i don't know what i don't know much about i don't know much about him either and he doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that would be uh really put off by someone saying like hey why don't we 
you know, why don't we give this another another draft or two? You know, maybe like I don't think he would be opposed to constructive criticism, but maybe I'm just misreading it. Obviously, he surrounded himself with some yes men, so you know, maybe maybe he is just an egomaniac. I, I don't know. No, and and I I don't again I I. I I've tried to choose my words carefully when I when I've talked about this, you know, with with the Gary Kurtz situation, because I don't mean to imply that I I don't think Lucas is an egomaniac at all, and I think you can see that, again. I, I'm going to refer once again to uh, the the sheer brilliance of the Clone Wars. Lucas was hands on involved in the Clone Wars animated series. Um, That's true. Yeah. And and uh, to me, that is some of the finest Star Wars storytelling I've ever seen. Um, and I think it's because he had a trusted team of creators with him. But uh, for the prequels, for whatever reason, he decided he, this was a story he needed to tell on his own because maybe he felt it was too complicated and too complex. And and just for whatever reasons, it, it didn't land, uh, you know, for a, a variety of reasons. And, and, you know, who are we to try and, and, and dissect that? That's that's not on us. That's not our... We're just fans. So... Sure. We, we know our place. And, and, again, like I said, I don't... It's easy. It's easy to be the guy who walks around and is like, "Well, if I was doing the prequels, I would have done this." It's like that's not the point. At this point, Star Wars yeah. was Lucas's story to tell. It's not ours. We are there for the enjoyment of it. Yeah. So that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna. Um, so for for Attack of the Clones, I, I was just gonna say uh, really quickly, like. Yes, I wish we could have seen Anakin as the good man he was supposed to be. Uh, I think Christopher Lee was good as Count Dooku, even though I ha- I still, to this day, have no idea who the fuck that character is. Um, I enjoyed the battle sequences with the clone troopers. I enjoyed seeing the Jedis as generals, because we first hear Princess Leia met General Kenobi. Obi-Wan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed... Boyd, the, the duel between Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Dooku, I thought it was kind of cool how they took out all the lights, and it was very, again, it was very kind of subtle, it was reminiscent of the uh, Luke-Vader fight from Empire Strikes Back, um, and even though the Yoda fight is a bit silly, I thought it was fun to see him kick some ass, so. What you? What were your thoughts on uh, Django? Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jango, Jango Fett's a fine idea, but I don't like the fact that they made Boba Fett a clone. I don't like, and therefore they had to go back into the the original films and change his voice to an Australian. I think it was actually Tamara Morrison, right, that they got to do the the new voiceover yeah. for Boba Fett. Yep. Yeah. Screw that. I because I like that guy's original voice. You know, like no, not not a fan. He yeah. deserved to be beheaded. <laughs> uh, again, like I said, it's it, the, the prequels all, all suffer from a lot of the same things. It's like so much promise, but not quite, you know, didn't quite hit out of the park in, yeah. in, in, in many senses of the word. Yeah. All right, I think I'm at number five. Is that where you're at? You're at number five, yeah. All right, my number five is uh, it's The Last Jedi. I I I enjoy yeah. this film. Uh, a controversially so. Many friends will text me and tell me that I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm ready to block all of their text messages tomorrow. And uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. Like I said, when you when you put 
uh, The Last Jedi at 11. I have no I have no problem with that because I, I definitely understand that argument. I totally get it. I liked this movie a lot just because I, I think it for a lot for big chunks of it at least it thought outside the box about about what Star Wars is and what it can be and what it should be and it thought about differently about the force and and why you know it's how it should should play out in a, in a more uh, every man kind of way every person kind of way in the, in the in the Star Wars galaxy instead of being about bloodlines which JJ comes aboard and makes it no no it is about bloodlines and it's like okay great that's boring thanks but yeah you know, uh, again, it's it's far from flawless, but it, uh, I enjoyed the Last Jedi a lot. And again, I didn't talk about it, uh, but, but since this is the, my last JJ produced Star Wars film, I should mention that like, I like the Kylo character and I like the Ray character and I, I like the back and forth those two have. Um, it's just unfortunate that it gets kind of muddled by a lot of other stuff and in, in, you know, other and even other characters. Um, sure. But I, I like that stuff. I, I love the idea that that that, that Ray thought she could save Kylo, and then Kylo kills the Snoke and the the Snoke, and then they have. I thought that battle was great after Snoke's dead, and they're fighting those uh those Praetorian guards. I love that scene. Yeah, I I didn't I I didn't. Fine. <laughs> Should I just leave it there? No, I, you're you're not you're not alone. Like I said, I mean, I I feel like uh, at least in my the the circle of. of Friends that I have that have listened to the show, uh, uh, I am in the minority on my love for this movie. So, well, l- let me just say, so, so the reason, so I really did not like the Last Jedi. I was shocked. I was shocked when I saw Rise of Skywalker and came out and said that was worse <laughs> I, because I was just like, how can it be worse than that? <laughs> and I think that it, because the thing about the Last Jedi was is even though I didn't like it, I did appreciate the, and this is why I put it above Rise of Skywalker's, I did appreciate the fact that it tried to do something different. I just think the execution was bad. Sure. That's, again, a fair criticism. I, I can't argue with anybody who has this list, who yeah. has The Last Jedi at the bottom of their list. I I get your points. I do. Yeah. But, I, but I see no, it a little I, bit differently. And I hope that you will show that people will show me the same respect, even though I know they won't. Well, but that's what I'm trying to say <laughs> is, is that I, I, because I know some people who who like Last Jedi, and and I I do understand why they like it, and I did I did appreciate the fact that it tried to do things different, like Kylo smashing the helmet within the first you know ten minutes of the movie. I was like, oh, cool, they're gonna go somewhere different with this. Killing Snoke, even though I didn't like the execution of that scene, I was like, okay. I mean, I was disappointed because it was like it was like Count Dooku. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, oh, whatever, he's dead. But at least they tried. Yeah. You know, I give them credit for trying. Well, I mean, obviously, Snoke's still fairly mysterious, even though now we're getting more information since they decided to make him a clone created by Palpatine. Um, but, I mean, this started with the, back with the prequels, where it was like, oh, we're not going to tell you these things because we're going to release all these tie-in novels and comics that we want you to read to get all this information. And... That is frustrating as a fan. Yeah, I just won't do it. No, and and I, you know, I'm I'm on the side of the street that like I still do buy those tie-in books and those comic books and 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 that stuff. And like you're you, I think you represent more of a majority of fans who are like, nah, I'm good. If it's not in the movie, then it's just not that fucking important. Yeah, I mean that is kind of how I feel about it because that is that 
that is the method of storytelling storytelling that still reaches the most number of people yeah so that by that fact alone i feel like you have to have the most important stuff here no i i agree yeah 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 yeah, I mean, like I said, that started in the prequels, in the prequel series, where it's like, oh, read these comics to know more about this Jedi and that Jedi and who this evil person is, and and I think the the sequel trilogy uh, took it even further because it was like intentionally vague and mysterious so that you would you would buy more things. And like I said, I had to go buy the the visual dictionary for Rise of Skywalker to know who half the characters were in it because they're never talked yes. about. Yeah. So it was frustrating. All right, but okay, let's move on because we we've wrapped that up. We we're done talking about JJ now. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, I think we're to four. Number four. Mark, do you yeah. want to go first? Sure. Revenge of the Sith. There you go. Um, there's a lot about this movie I really like. Same here. Like I said, I I had it low, but this does not mean that I dislike it. Yeah, I think. I think that opening crawl, the boom down into the space battle, just trying to get to the dreadnought, to Grievous's dreadnought. I th- I think that is so well done, and and a lot of fun. The whole sequence on the dreadnought, I think it's a fantastic way to start a movie. Um, you know, as as far as Hayden Christensen is concerned. I thought, one, I thought he was a lot better in this movie than he was in Attack of the Clones. Um, I, think again, I, think, I, I think everyone's better in this movie. I, yeah. think, I think the performances are 100% more dialed in than they were in the yeah. first two. This, this is definitely the tightest of the prequels, for sure. Yeah. Um, but, the, but one thing, like, I really like his melodramatic acting. <laughs> like, like it, it does it, it falls into melodrama and you know i like a good cheesy b movie so i can just kind of laugh at it and have a really good time with it like at the end when he's screaming at padme and obi-wan sure like i love it i'm just like yeah get him <laughs> um at least his dialogue's a little better in this one he's not trying to wish oh he not he's not trying to wish that he could wish his feelings away Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, or or learn to stop people from dying. Well, he sort of is. <laughs> no, but he wouldn't say it in as grammatically incorrect a way. I'm dying to stop you from dying. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and and let's be honest. Since we're since we're talking about this film, uh, we we didn't bring it up when 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 I, we were talking about it on on my my list my, on my section. Um, Ian McDermott crushes in this movie as as uh chancellor palpatine turned darth sidious it's phenomenal most yeah, under 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 underrated understated performance in the entire prequels is ian mcdarmid he kills it yeah i think so he he was i think unfortunately a bit absent from attack of the clones i don't remember him being in it that much there did yeah, the, the kind of like that middle section when they focus on Coruscant and the emergency powers that he needs to battle the separatist right. threat, and that how he kind of becomes the the chance the supreme chancellor and all that stuff. Well, no, no, wait. Yeah. I was I take it back. He's supreme chancellor already. He's getting the emergency powers that will enable him to, uh, you know, do his imperial plan. Yeah, 
Because he's elected um, chancellor at the end of Phantom Menace, if I remember correctly. Right. Yeah. yeah something. I don't know. Something. Uh, <laughs> but, um... Um, so, like what you said, I, th- I think I think the third act is really great. I I really appreciated the fact that they like they turned Darth Vader into a monster. Like this is a man who murders children. You know, like I never you never really think about that watching the original trilogy. You're just like, oh, Darth Vader's cool. You know, like he leads the Empire. He's this badass former Jedi turned Sith warrior. You don't really think about what that means. And then you see it and you see him just murder children. And you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. So oh, I, I, I like I that too. The darkness. I like that too. I wish they showed him killing more adults though. <laughs> yeah. It, it is kind of like, Oh, can you only murder children? <laughs> like, All right. Yeah. I, I do agree with that I, <laughs> because I, I did, you know, a big part big part of the prequels for me, like one of the big letdowns was like, I did want to see what Obi-Wan talked about when he said Darth Vader hunted down and murdered the Jedi. Like I wanted to see that, you know, this podcast has gone on the record saying that that needs to be a Disney plus series is, you know, Darth Vader killing fools between episodes three and four. My understanding didn't, or doesn't the show Rebels do a little bit of that? My understanding is that it does. A little, a little bit of that. Uh, the, unfortunately, the, the well, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but they they, they introduce a new cadre of cadre era Kajira characters uh, called the Inquisitors, mm-hmm. who are basically dark Jedi. They're not full blown Sith, but this is who the Empire has kind of like twisted their minds so that they hunt down the Jedi. Invader sort of like okay. their their overseer in a in a way. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite things. I I, lo- I was really more into the notion of Vader killing everybody himself. Uh, yeah. But the Inquisitors aren't bad. They they've they've kind of been growing on me with their their usage uh, in in different different series and different video games and stuff like that. Like I've kind of gotten a more of appreciation for the Inquisitors, and uh, they're used in the comic books as well now in the Vader comic and stuff like that. So I again, I I like the idea that Vader kills everybody. More, yeah. But yeah, you know, I'm dealing. I'm dealing with the Inquisitors. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh. All right. So, uh, I think we're to three, right? No, four. I don't think. I don't think. Uh, I don't think that that was my number five. I don't think you gave your five or, or like five, four, four. I don't think you gave your four. I haven't given my four. Is that okay? But that that was your four. Yes. Okay. Sorry. My number four. Is Return of the Jedi? Oh man, sick burn! Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just spent all last week espousing my love for it, despite the its its narrative shortcomings. Uh, it, it's nah. it's still a film that I really really enjoy. I love Luke's green lightsaber. I love the the conflict between father and son and the Emperor trying to manipulate all of them. Uh, yeah. I, every every line that the Emperor has in that movie is so fucking good. By the way. <laughs> Yes, it is. Uh, but I, 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 I love Return of the Jedi. It, it's a fun. It, it's a it's a romp from start to finish. The speeder bikes are amazing. Uh, the the whole, the opening sequence with rescuing Han. Uh, I the space battle is incredible to this day. I, I yes. love I love Return of the Jedi. It, like I said, it, there's some narrative shortcomings in there, but uh, otherwise it, it's lovely. And I watch the shit out of it over and over again. 
What do you got for four? Well, I think we're on my three now. Oh, shit. Okay. You're three. Yes. Uh, my three is episode four, A New Hope. All right. Now, down at, th- down at three for you, huh? Yeah. I, I love that movie. You know? Um, yeah. I mean, the, again, we're, we're ranking these things third, but I, I, this is definitely a love fest for these films for the most part. <laughs> well, not entirely. <laughs> Right. I, I think I told you, you asked me what I thought of the Rise of Skywalker trailer when the trailer first came out, and I said, Star Wars begins and ends with the original trilogy for me. I pretty much mean that. The The other films are all just kind of like an aside for me. It's like Star Wars is these three films, so. Um, but um, no, I... I, I struggle to say anything about Star Wars: A New Hope that that hasn't already been said. Of course, you know of course. The, the the introduction of, of Luke Skywalker, um, you know Han Solo is awesome. Princess, all all the characters are great. It you know it is that sort of um, as George Lucas would describe it that sort of non cynical tale of good versus evil, you know, black and white kind of thing. And there's a lovely purity to it. Time. What's that? There's a lovely purity to that film. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's a, like you, it, it inspired me to to tell stories and it's one of the reasons it's one of the reasons why I love movies so much. It, you know, uh, I, I, I think one thing about uh, a new hope that really stands out is I kind of like the whole the space western motif that is kind of lost in in all of the other films and we don't really see picked up again until the the Mandalorian TV show that was an aspect that that I really liked yeah um and and I love the the trench run for uh, on the death star That's very super reminiscent good. of I don't know if you've ever seen THX 1138 I think I watched it once with you Okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that film. You watch the end of THX one one three eight, and the trench run, and there's so many similarities between the two. But I just, I think it's so awesome. Um, you, you really see like how I think watching that movie, you see how good of a filmmaker George Lucas is and can be. Um, yeah, and 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 the fight between Obi Wan and Darth Vader, I think is. Uh, very underrated, and people need to stop shitting on it and stop stop adding things to it, please. It it was perfect. Uh, and also stop fucking around with the with the Han Solo shoots first scene for God's sake. Oh God, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put Jabba the Hutt in there all you fucking want. I don't care, but can we please get a normal looking Han firing first scene again? Yeah. Right. Um... Yeah. Yeah, I got. I don't have much to add to that. So uh, my number three is uh, Willow because I think Willow is the great unknown Star Wars chapter. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I feel like that's a joke. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a joke. Uh, my number three is is Rogue One. Ugh. I absolutely. You know, you and I have fought about this movie <laughs> since it came out. But do you you know how yeah. I feel about it? I fucking love this movie. I I adore it to pieces. Uh, I I. 
you you get me in that 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 era of just imperial impre- uh, oppression and uh, like the, this massive occupying force exerting its will on the people and subverting freedom. Uh, yeah, you put me right in that timeline. I am so fucking happy, and and I I thought. I thought Rogue One was was a blast. I had a really good time. I, I think that the uh, the rewrites and the reshoots that Tony Gilroy came on to do uh, added a lot of of characterization to to a what could have been a relatively bland group of characters. Uh, I but I I watch the shit out of this movie all the time. I love it. I love Rogue One so very 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 much. And. Uh, I don't really need to go into more depth than that. I don't think. <laughs> well, if I can ask you, what what do you? Because something did bother. One thing that bothered me in particular when I was watching it was like all the footage that was in the trailer that wasn't in the movie. Sure. Like, where's that scene? Where's that scene? Um, a, a lot of it has to do with what was uh, supposedly. No one's come out officially and, and said anything about anything. There. They, there were shots in the trailer that were shot just for the trailer. Um, yeah. But there was also a lot of changes made in the film because uh, Kathy Kennedy and, and Lucasfilm in general weren't happy with the original Gareth Davis cut of the film. So there was a ton of extra footage and extra stuff for that movie. And so when, when Gilroy was brought on board for the rewrites and the reshoots, um, you know, things had to be redone. So the the trailer ended up having a lot of extra things in there that just weren't in there in the, in the final yeah. product um it, it's it's one of those things I, I i think i've talked about it it might have been on one of the patreon episodes uh where i where i mentioned how much i would love to see the original cut that gareth edwards did but it i mean it's lucas films it's it's star wars we'll never ever see it it'll never see the light of day no not unless you can you can create enough financial incentive for them to put it as a special feature on like a DVD or Blu-ray, I get Blu-ray. Well, DVD, I mean, no one buys DVD. again, I mean, you, you'd think that'd be, uh, you think that'd be the case, but you know, you'll never see the original Prince of Star Wars and Empire and Jedi again, pre-special, you know, before special editions started happening. Uh, you know, we, jo- we, we, we made the joke about the Ewok movies, but those have been completely suppressed as well. And, have they? Uh, yeah. Wow, that's terrible. Yeah, completely suppressed. And uh, it's funny, too. uh, You know, the Star Wars holiday special has been a joke for, you know, almost 40 years, basically. But the the Mandalorian leaned into so much of that stuff from the Star Wars holiday special that they might as well put it out again. But these these are things that are just suppressed. Sorry, I've I've never seen the holiday special. I know about it. I've seen clips of it. Um, But so so I didn't know that about... Mandalorian. Um, well, Mark, yeah, you should just, listen to my podcast about the Mandalorian. I did. I did an episode for every episode. I know that, <laughs> and if you remember, I I told you I didn't watch it because, or I didn't listen to it because initially I wasn't watching the show, and eventually, I, like I I think I listened to the first episode of it, but eventually I was just like, eh, I'm going to watch this at some point, so I'll I'll try not to, I'll try not to spoil it. So, yeah, I didn't, sorry, didn't get around to listening to those. Well, now that you've seen it, you should go back. It's a wealth of Star Wars information. All right. I'll do do it again. Please, sound more reluctant about it. I'm really trying to convince people to go back and listen to it. But please, make it sound like a real trudge. I I love that. (laughs) I didn't mean it that way. 
<laughs> That's my brother, folks. <laughs> what? I think this list is done now. It's over. <laughs> oh Mark, what do you got for two? Uh, Return of the Jedi. Hey, all right. Hey. Um, yeah. Return of the Jedi. So again, um, you know, Luke was always my favorite character of the series, and and this is kind of the the culmination for him. So seeing him as a full fledged. Jedi Knight, even though technically he's not, according to Yoda, he's not really a Jedi until he faces Vader and the Emperor, but but seeing him with the Force powers, seeing how far he's grown, it's like it's it's really gratifying. You see everything that he's gone through and all these struggles and and to see him at that point I is is great. And um you know, I, I think the movie just just kicks off to to a great beginning. You know, we get Darth Vader showing. You, you see the the new Death Star, uh, which you know, listening to to your podcast on on Return of the Jedi, you know, talking about how that was so visually memorable. That kind of half completed Death Star is like, you know, it just has it has all these like sharp edges on it, and yeah. it's just it's just more menacing and. It's it, like you said. It's just visually striking. You know, we start there. We see Vader. Then we go to Tata, Tatooine, and we have this big kind of opening action sequence to to uh, rescue Han Solo. It's almost kind of like the opening ten minutes of a Bond film, even though this is like a half you hour, know, forty minutes. I was going to say it, it's really long, but it kind of is like a Bond cold opening in a lot of regards. Yeah. Which is, um, you know, again, like we talked about in uh, last week, you know, that, that deleted scene of Luke putting together his lightsaber is great, but that's a lame way to start the flick. I, I've actually never seen that scene. I don't, you know, to be honest, I don't think I've ever watched deleted scenes from any Star Wars because I'm just kind of like, these movies are pretty much perfect. Why would I want to see a deleted scene? That, I, I mean, I get it. That you is know, as, as a, fair. What's that? I think it's completely fair. I agree. Yeah, you know, like like as a storyteller, like I get it. You know, you kind of want to want to see that, but I've actually just never really taken the time to, to kind of look at those. Um, so, but yeah, and then you know we go off to Dagobah. I th- think it, I think Yoda's death scene is is very touching. Um, uh, I I enjoy the revelation of Leia being Luke's brother. Um, <laughs> Wait, Leia's Luke's brother? That's weird. Excuse me, Leia's <laughs> sister. Sorry. Um, but no, you know, again, listening to your podcast, like, kind of hearing the criticism of it. You know, I get that. Um, I didn't. I don't know. It just, it just never bothered me because, to be honest, I was never really interested in a love triangle to begin with. Um, so yeah, just, just tamp that down right, right from the get go. Like, why not? You know? No, no, I, I, I agree with you in that, in that regard. Like the, the information that Gary Kurtz talked about in, you know, over the last couple of years about what, you know, Return of the Jedi was supposed to be is very interesting, but I mean, and, and as an adult who understands story and narrative a lot better, that sounds fascinating to me. But I was a kid when I saw Return of the Jedi, and, and so I still love every second of it for what it is. Yeah. Um, 
So, you know, the only weakness of the film, in my opinion, is it's like a 30-minute segment, I think, when you're on Endor. And it does just kind of really slow down. And you're like, oh, man. Um, that, to me, is kind of my only complaint about it is I, I think they could have done more to to kind of shake up the the pacing which 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 section of the uh, which section of the indoor scene are you referring to I, th- I think it's like when they first get there like you like you have some exciting moments in there like you have the speeder bike chase but then it just kind of keeps going on and on and on <laughs> and on and it's and it is covering a lot of ground but I think, and again, I, I you know I'm not here to like like cast aspersions on on anyone, but but I think it, it might have just been Richard Marquand's direct directing style. I, I I don't think he did anything with it to to make it particularly visually compelling. Maybe he could have done done more with that. I'm. I'm not really sure. It, it, it's been a couple of years since, since I've watched it. So uh, so one of the reasons why Richard Marquand was hired by Lucas to direct R- Return of the Jedi was that at, at the time, uh, Lucas was in a, in a dispute with the, with the Director's Guild. And Marquand was non-guild. So he, he, that, that's one of the reasons why he got that gig over many others. And I, I, the big rumor is that initially the, the job was going to be offered to Steven Spielberg. Hmm. Which that would have been something, huh? Eh, glad it wasn't. <laughs> it, it, it it could have totally changed the film, the tone of the film. There could have been a scene where the emperor is pulling somebody's heart out of their chest. It could have been bananas. Or you know, Wicket could have had like a glowing finger and gone off into a spaceship at the end of the movie. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Elliot. <laughs> I <laughs> know, uh, no, no, no disrespect to, to Steven Spielberg, but I, I kind of like the fact that that you know he hasn't really touched Star Wars, even though he's had kind of behind the scenes input on the films. Yeah. I, I like the fact that that he hasn't that he hasn't done one. All right, let's um, get let's get off Return of the Jedi though. <laughs> We've been talking okay. about a lot about. Sorry, we just been talking about the Jedi for a long time. All right, all right, my number two, which I think will confirm the fact that uh, we have the same number one. My number two yeah. is uh, a New Hope. Yes, it is. I love, I love the film. I love everything that it did. And yes, I get it. This started the franchise. Uh, it, it, it's, it's the reason why all the movies exist in the first place. But our number one is the, I guess I, I don't, even, I don't even know what you want to call it. Like, just the, the more masterful piece of storytelling, in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah, and I every point you mentioned in in for your critique of A New Hope, I agree with a hundred percent. Everything about that film is is spot on, spectacular from start to finish. Uh, but we might as well just say it now. Our number one is Empire Strikes Back. We agree. Absolutely. Empire Strikes Back to me is almost perfection in 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 filmmaking and in storytelling. It's top notch. Yeah, I mean, I I I don't disagree with that. You know, I think. And still to this day, it's one of my favorite movies. The, the interesting thing about it is, it, it took a it took a while for me to become an Empire Strikes Back fan. I, I think it wasn't until I was a teenager that 
that I realized how great Empire was. Before well, I th- that, I think you had to become a more emotionally complex person to appreciate the more emotionally complex film. I mean, that ma- that makes a fair amount of sense to me. Absolutely, because to, because to me as a kid, it was like, oh, that's that's kind of the boring one. Like, you know, it's got the cool fight scene between Luke and Vader, but nah. Outside of that, you know, as a kid, I just wasn't that interested in it no you're, you're um, you you do kind of wait for the action beats you're like okay cool the battle of hoth cool the asteroid chase cool um the lightsaber fight right exactly you get, a, um, you get a little checked out during dagobah you get a little checked out during uh cloud city for a little bit yeah and, and as a as that. a kid but it's, it's as you grow as a person with the film obviously you grow you know you understand it appreciate it better yeah absolutely and I, I just kind of one thing. I'm not sure if you guys touched on this on on your Empire discussion. Okay. Um, but but the, the one thing that that really strikes me about the movie is like this is the movie that really establishes that kind of emotional, spiritual core of the Star Wars universe. You know, just everything that Luke learns about the Force from Yoda, I think, is just so. Like, to me, that's what what's at the core of Star Wars and what it's about. It's just amazing. Just, just all those lines that, 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 that Yoda had that, that were so meaningful and profound and, and still apply to this day. I think, I think it's incredible that, you know, that was written back in 1980 or whenever. Yeah, uh, and, and and still resonates today, and I think that that more than anything else, kind of speaks to 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 the greatness of this movie. Yeah, I I, I agree with you one hundred percent. again, like I said, as as especially as a person, like you know, you see this those scenes when you're when you're very very young, and you understand it to a certain extent, but it's as you've grown older that it really starts to resonate and and have an impact in your life. And yeah. that connection to that that, that sort of uh, spirituality that that the force represents, you, you, again, you said it perfectly. Um, I think you're dead on with with that with that assertion, and and I couldn't agree more with you on that. And uh, the the fact that, again, taking it to another level, but I mean the fact that those lines, that that knowledge, that wisdom is imparted by a puppet. Yeah. That is insanely convincing, as a a, a creature from another planet. Is, is 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 it's a, it's a credit to everyone involved in designing designing Yoda and and, and Frank Oz's puppeteering and, and the voice work he did. And um, the the Yoda theme by John Williams. Yeah, we touched on it a little bit last week, but yeah, yeah. I mean John Williams' score throughout these films is so fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> you know you could you can the, you can sit there and put on the 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 soundtrack and just have a blast. Yeah, uh, Empire Strikes Back is like it's one of my favorite soundtracks to listen to while I pretty much I do anything, whether it, you know it's it, it, it's writing or working out or whatever it is. You know, it's, it's just a great musical score, and the way he incorporates the the theat- the thematic elements of the characters into the the action beats and everything. Yeah, so yeah. No, I, I don't think there's much more to say about Empire outside of outside of that and, and what you and Roger covered in in your re- 
review. Yeah, uh, I I think so. I think I think that kind of counts off uh, or, or or tops off the the our. Sorry, I'm a little stumbly. Uh, <laughs> I think that kind of concludes our rankings. Uh, we we agreed on three, on three films, and I, I think it's pretty pretty telling that we 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 all picked Empire's number one. I mean, this definitely establishes that it is fact. Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. There's no disagreement. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so I, I, I solicited some other people that I know to, to, to share their rankings with us. A couple of them have not gotten back to me yet. <laughs> so I do have one list to share. And uh, that's from a friend in uh, our friend Joey in, in in Texas. He shared his list with me, so I wanted to, I wanted to read it. Now he didn't include; he only did the live actions, which is fair. Fair enough. So his number eleven, the Last Jedi. Okay. Number ten, Attack of the Clones. All right. Number nine, Rise of Skywalker. You okay. With me so far? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Number eight, The Force Awakens. Okay. Seven, Revenge of the Sith. Six solo. It's about where we had it. Yeah. Five, five, The Phantom Menace. Okay. Four is Rogue One. All right. Three, Return of the Jedi. Okay. Two, A New Hope. Yeah. And one, Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. So, I mean, he's not far off. I mean, uh, the biggest difference between his list and my list, obviously, is Last Jedi. Right, but uh, I think he's right in the right in the wheelhouse of both of our our lists. So yeah, so we're not we're not we're not total weirdos. Other people agree. <laughs> you know, I I just think that's the thing. I, I think most Star Wars fans, at the end of the day, pretty much agree. The original trilogy is the best. There, you know, there there might be some little variances, like you putting. Jedi at number four and Rogue One and at number three. There, there might be a little bit of that, but most people agree. Generally speaking, you know, kind of that original trilogy is the best, and and everything else just kind of falls. I, I, I in my opinion, everything else is just a matter of taste yeah. as far as where it falls. I think know? I think the reason why I I, I tended I I uh, dinged Jedi a little bit more than I would have probably in 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 retrospect. Um, you know the only version available to watch now is the special edition, and right. I I don't care for the majority of changes they made to that special edition. Oh man, that stupid beak in the in the Sarlacc pit! I hate it. You know what? I, that's the least of the offenses for me. Um, I I do not care for the musical number in Jabba's palace at all. It's the worst. It's the worst, and the changing of the Yub Nub at the end with the Ewoks, I hate to. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little more forgiving of that. Like, I get it. I understand why they did it. I understand why they cut to these different, you know, planets. Um, but, but I do agree. I, to me, it's just like distracting. It sticks out like a sore thumb that yeah. you're, you're cutting away from the, the, the celebration to the, to these other planets. Uh, it, it just strikes me as unnecessary. Yeah. Like uh, that, that, yeah. That's, that's why I sort of ding Jedi because you can't watch the version that I'm the biggest fan of, you know, you, you have to do some hunting to find the one that we grew up with. Um, 
You know, M- well, Empire. It's on that DVD, right? It's on that DVD, but th- that DVD is long out of print. It's out of print, and those are non anamorphic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wait, no. Th- they're anamorphic, aren't they? Last time I checked, when I when I put it into a widescreen TV, I had bars on top and bottom of the screen because it's not formatted. It's, oh, it's formatted you, for four Yeah, yeah, yeah. TV. You might you might be right about that. I'll I'll double check yeah. tonight actually. Yeah, uh, maybe but, yeah. I, maybe I used anamorphic wrong there. Um, but but yeah, it's not formatted for sixteen by nine televisions. It's formatted for four by three, so you get bars at the top and bottom. Sure, sure. And you know, yeah, it. You got a big enough TV, you can kind of get around that. But if you're watching, like I, I watch most of my stuff on on a laptop, and that's a little bit frustrating. So no, under, understood. Yeah, uh, I, I I think I mentioned it on the podcast that I feel like I feel like Jedi was the one Return of the Jedi was the one that was most egregiously affected by the special edition. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't care for the the Greedo scene at all in A New Hope, but I I'm kind of okay with some of the other stuff. Yeah, the Battle of Yavin, I think, you know, it definitely is, I, I don't want to say improved, because I don't want I don't want to suggest there was anything wrong with it to begin with, right. but it's definitely been amped up and kind of made more exciting, a little more epic. Yeah, um, the, 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 yeah. the way they were able to kind of like, uh, not like speed it up necessarily, but like make it look faster, like the ship's moving yeah. faster, I think, so, uh, I think that's a strong point. You know, I again the the Han and Jabba scene is like okay, whatever I guess, and you know, and like some of the some of the stuff with Mos Eisley is a little distracting, but I know why they did it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the most I, I'm sorry. I was gonna say so that's just how it, I, I I feel to me, the Return of the Jedi changes were the most annoying. <laughs> yeah, because I I think ultimately they were kind of like the most unnecessary when you think about yeah. it. Yeah, I 100 percent agree. Yeah, it was the most technologically advanced of, of all the films and therefore didn't really need much, in, again, quote-unquote, improving for, for lack of a, a a better term, you know? So, no, so I, yeah, they just kind of, like, stuck stuff on the screen. Like, well, yeah. we got to give people new stuff. That's what they're expecting. No, and the Max, so. Re- the Max Re- Rebo band was cool to begin with. They didn't need to be all amped up and, you know, jazzified with new singers and a... Frog playing a harmonica or whatever, space harmonica. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, whatever that thing was, that singer. I hope in the next version of the special editions, like Boba Fett just takes a blowtorch to him or something. Oh my god, yeah. tell me about it. <laughs> you know, because like you and Roger said, they just kind of they just stuck all this extra footage of Boba Fett in there, so why not? Yeah, and I. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love me some Boba Fett, but like the scenes, they, the, the the little, you know, two three second things they put in there was like, really, this is supposed to make his death less annoying and dumb. <laughs> I mean, I kind of like seeing him macking on those on those chicks. Right. <laughs> Whatever. Boba Fett's a player. Chancellor Palpatine, Sith Lords are our speciality. All right, so we got Roger's list. Let's go ahead and go through that. All right, uh, and he only he only did the live action. He did not count the Clone Wars film. All right. So at number eleven, he has Attack of the Clones. All right. Number ten, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Then he goes Solo. Rise of Skywalker. Force Awakens. Phantom Menace, right in the middle. 
Alright. Rogue One. Okay. Then Revenge of the Sith. Alright. And his top three is the classics. He goes Return of the Jedi in three, A New Hope at two, and Empire at one. Alright. So we're noticing the theme here with some of our podcast friends. Yeah. Not bad. Not Star bad Wars Star Wars begins and ends at the original trilogy. <laughs> Everything else is just whatever. Yeah, I like I said I, I love Rogue One and it gets a slight bump over over Jedi, but that thing is because the version of Jedi that I love so much no one else can watch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, fair enough. But Mark, I can't thank you enough for uh, for sitting down and, and uh recording this with me. This was a lot of fun. Indeed. Thanks for having me. We'll have to find more movies to rank next time. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have you on for a special. Uh, you can ra- you can rank the Friday the Thirteenth films for us. I'll rank every horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, my my dear sweet brother. You are the man uh, who I grew up with, loving Star Wars, and we would again. I I have fond memories of us having our Star Wars movie marathons uh, on the weekends and on summer vacations throughout my childhood. It was a blast. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, buddy. I will talk to you very, very soon. Thanks. Thank you. I will help you. But you must answer one question. You have but to ask. What do you want with Anakin Skywalker? He is the key to everything. To bring balance to the Force? To destroy He has long been groomed for his role as my master's new apprentice. You lie. All right, so there you have it. There is uh, the TomCast podcast definitive Star Wars rankings. And when I say definitive, I mean at least until uh, something causes me to change my mind and I want to re-rank them later. Uh, I hope you guys had fun with that. Uh, I know Mark and I had a good time discussing those films and, and coming up with our rankings. And, uh, yeah, just thought it would be a fun little thing to do for, for May the 4th Be With You. And uh, speaking of, of fun little things to do with May the 4th Be With You is uh, some Star Wars news that came out today. Uh, and it, these are things that have been kind of, you know, rustling in the weeds, uh, uh, tumbling in the wind, if you will, as far as uh, rumors go. Uh, but Disney and Lucasfilm went ahead and confirmed today that uh, Taika Waititi is going to be directing and co-writing a Star Wars feature with uh, screenwriter Christy Wilson Carnes for a brand new movie. I think that's pretty darn exciting. And the it was officially confirmed today that uh, Leslie Headland, the uh, Russian doll co-creator, will be doing a Disney Plus series that will focus on female characters for so a very uh, a female-centric Disney Plus show coming from uh, Leslie Leslie Head, Headland. I hope I say her, her name correctly. So that'll be coming to the Disney Plus, joining the already the Mandalorian, joining uh, the Obi Wan show, joining the Cassian Andor show. So uh, Disney Plus is gonna have a lot of great Star Wars content coming up on it, assuming everyone gets to resume filming of shows. Uh, so that's something to look forward to, and then uh, obviously. The, the idea of uh, Taika Waititi being involved in a, in a Star Wars feature film is uh, very exciting because of the unique vision that he has. And uh, Christy Wilson-Kyrens, by the way, 
is the uh, screenwriter for the 1917 picture that just won a bunch of awards. So a very capable screenwriter will be teamed up with Taika to bring a new Star Wars feature to, to life. And uh, it should be noted, too, that the Disney Plus series, the one from, from uh, Leslie Headland, uh, rumor is that it will take place in a different uh, period of the Star Wars timeline. So we'll get to see something new and a little different, you know, not not an imperial, not necessarily a show set during the Empire, not necessarily a show set during the uh, New Order. No, the First Order. Jesus. I used to get these things all twisted up all the time. Sorry about that. And uh, my mini fridge just kicked on behind me, so you might hear a little bit of a hum right now. But don't worry, we're wrapping up the show, so uh, hopefully that won't be too distracting for the next minute or two. So, I just want to share that bit of Star Wars news with you guys. I hope you guys all had a great May the 4th be with you and got to do some fun new, or revisit some of, the, of your favorite Star Wars films or rewatch The Mandalorian. Uh, my wife has finally expressed an interest in, in watching The Mandalorian, so we watched a couple episodes of that today. Uh, and she is uh, slowly but reluctantly seen and falling under the swoon of Baby Yoda. So I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, we're, so we're going to get to revisit the the Mandalorian season. Um, and I also got to watch, like I said, I meant, during the podcast, I mentioned I watched the first half of the Clone Wars animated film. But Disney Plus today, also big news, if, if you weren't paying attention, uh, on Disney Plus, you can now stream Rise of Skywalker if you'd like to see the picture, if you haven't seen it yet. If you want to revisit it and re-explore the final concluding chapter of the Skywalker saga, that's available. And uh, the last episode the final episode the series finale for star wars the clone wars aired today and it was jaw-droppingly good uh the, that entire series I, i've been singing his praises on the show for so long now I, I i sometimes i feel like i'm just talking to a brick wall about it because uh you guys are just hearing me say the same things over and over and over again it is so much more than just a cartoon it, it is definitively some of the best star wars stories out there and I can't recommend it highly enough. And they absolutely killed it. This final, these final four episodes were just off the charts good. So incredible. And uh, yeah, we get a little bit of, of conclusion for that for that period of Star Wars history. You know that that Clone Wars era uh, that was kicked off in Attack of the Clones, and uh, the timelines for the Clone Wars cartoon and, and the timeline for the Revenge of the Sith film come together, come to a head, and it is so utterly satisfying. So I recommend that highly if you've not checked it out already. Uh, also available on Disney Plus today, starting today, is the, the first episode of their new uh, documentary series that goes behind the scenes of The Mandalorian. Uh, so that was a lot of fun to check out. There's a lot of, again, behind-the-scenes footage, but the, the first episode focuses on the different directors for the show, one of which is the, afor the aforementioned Taika Waititi who, as you may remember, directed the season finale of season one of The Mandalorian, um, but also talks to Dave Filoni, who was one of the head architects of the Clone Wars, of Star Wars Rebels. So, uh, serious Star Wars cachet in this room, and, and the, the other directors, of course, uh, uh, Favreau's there, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, Deborah Chow. It's, it's, it's a fascinating, um, fascinating first episode. It's, it's only 30-ish minutes, 33 minutes, I think, is the runtime on there. So please check those out. That's a good time if you're into the Star Wars. So I think that's all I got for you guys. That's a lot of Star Wars content, right? And um, I think in our <laughs> I think in our next episode, next episode, we're finally gonna take a little break from Star Wars and talk about something else. 
what will it be? Well, I got some ideas, uh, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, this is this week coming up is is my final week at San Diego State University. Uh, it comes to something of an unceremonious ending with COVID nineteen having shut down the campus, having canceled graduation ceremonies. Uh, so I'm basically just gonna do my last couple of online classes. I have at least one more. I think I have one more test to take, and then a, um, I think I have some kind of verbal examination as well. So. Uh, just going to wrap those up this week, and then uh, I guess it's sweet freedom, at least as much sweet freedom as we can possibly have during COVID-19. So that's okay, though, because uh, that just allows more time for more podcasts. So we're going to keep rolling out the content, and uh, stay, post, stay tuned, stay posted, follow us on the social media, at, uh, at TomCastPodcast, Instagram, and Twitter. You can email the show, TomCastPodcast at gmail.com. If you are in the mood to support the show financially if you can do so head over to pophead uh, join pophead nation at patreon.com forward slash tomcast podcast where you're going to get all kinds of sweet bonus content for your for your contribution to the show um but don't worry the show is going to be free forever and ever and ever and uh that's the the least i can do during during covid19 with everybody uh you know things are in flux for a lot of people so the least I can do is provide some free entertainment. At least I hope it's entertainment. And uh, we're just all going to try and get through this together, okay? Uh, but if you guys could do me one favor, like, subscribe, uh, share the show with your friends, write those five-star reviews. They, they, mean a, they mean the world to me, and they do a lot to help spread the word about our fun little independent podcast. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you uh, to my current Patreons, uh, the Aspen Hill Chody. And the Batman of Pay Park, Mr. Jeff Nail. And remember, once again, uh, Jeff and I teamed up for a podcast over on his show, The Ringing Ear, where we discussed the, uh, the, what we consider to be the high, high watermarks of, of hair metal uh, from the late 80s. And just touching just ever so much on the early 90s before grunge drove a wooden stake into the vampire heart of hair metal. Uh, and that was a lot of fun. So check out that episode. It is I think it's a really good time. We had a, we had a blast doing it. So with that being said, uh, you guys continue to take care of yourselves, take care of each other, your friends, your family. And uh, like I said, we'll get through this together. We'll, we'll all hang out and have a beer one day in the real world, in the real lives. But until then, ciao, babes. There is no escape. Don't make me destroy you. Luke. You do not yet realize your importance. You have only begun to discover your power. Join me, and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. I'll never join you! If you only knew the power of the dark side, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough! He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. No. No. That's not true. That's impossible! Search your feelings. You know it to be true.
destroy the Emperor. He has foreseen this. It is your destiny. Join me, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son.